I'm Erica Dumpage. You're joining us for the Journey Through Spirit Hour, where we talk about energy medicine and energy healing and how it pertains to your physical experience, increases spiritual awakening, and can ultimately lead to vast improvements in all areas of your life. Today, we're talking about what energy medicine is and how it can help you change your perception of life's challenges, enabling you to see yourself more clearly in relationships, money, and your overall well-being. Energy medicine for me has really changed how I approach um, life challenges because when we see ourselves as being more than just our physical person, it really does empower us to look at things differently because we are physical, we are mental, we are emotional, and we are energetic. And we know from many other cultures and from people who have experienced seeing the energy fields, um, I have worked with the energy fields as well as the physical body for over 20 years. And I have seen firsthand using it in my own experience and helping clients uh, tune into their energy or learn from their energetic bodies, how powerful it is when we get stuck. Marge, you know, the people that may just be joining us, new listeners, may not be familiar with what energy medicine is. What is energy medicine? How would you describe it to our listeners? You know, energy medicine is simply knowing that we can change our functioning in the world, physical, mental, emotional, and energetic or spiritual, just simply by changing our energy fields. And everything is frequency in this universe. Everything is frequency. Everything is vibration. And so we know that our energy fields offer a specific vibration, different vibrations, and it's like a radio station. And you can't see those radio waves, can you? But you can certainly move the dial and turn in to access information on that radio station without even seeing that that information is being transmitted. And that is much like our energy bodies. We can turn the dial and actually tune in to what information is there in our fields and use, utilize that to really affect our overall health and well-being. And that's what energy medicine is. Yeah, that's a great description. You know, energy medicine is, is a term that a lot of people, you know, haven't been really familiar with, but they often find themselves approaching say, physical health issues that they're struggling with, um, or different emotional patterns or emotional um, just blockages in their life. And, they're, and you know, they stop and think, well, why am I going through this over and over again? And while we often change the, the physical things that we're doing, or we change, we try to work on, you know, saying affirmations or changing patterns or talking through things with others, which are all good methods and all important the really wonderful benefit I feel like with energy medicine is that it helps you step back when you become aware of energy and energy dynamics. It helps you step back and look at things in your life differently. It gives you, I guess, a new viewpoint. It's kind of, to me, it's always like standing on the top of the mountain, looking out over the whole view versus maybe standing at the bottom or in the middle somewhere, you know, and trying to, to figure out what the big picture is when you're not yet you know, at, at the top, because don't you think Marge energy medicine really incorporates all the levels that we exist on all levels of our being, including our physical world. 
Yes, and that that's a great analogy, actually. Um, the big picture versus the smaller detail, and and you and I both know, Erica, that when when people have come to us, many people, it's because they're stuck, and sometimes they're just stuck physically. In other words, they've had these physical symptoms, like you indicated, and they've gone to it to to the doctor to get them checked out. And the doctor is telling them, there's nothing, we can't find anything. There's nothing we can find. And they still feel stuck. Of course, they're still having these symptoms. And that's usually when people say, well, what other options are out in the world? And that's when people walk through my door. And so it's fun to be able to begin to look at, well, where in the energy fields do I see stagnation or um, blockage? And that can offer this window of information that I, that I can help the client see. And then that allows them to maybe get some, some peace and some movement with this physical uh, issue. Yeah, that's a great point. So we're talking today about being able to change our perception and how does really looking at it, the world or your life in particular from an energetic perspective allow you to change the perception about what's going on in the world around you. And, you know, one of the things that I always like to point out to my own clients, um, I too, like Marge, have been working in the field of energy medicine for um, not quite as long as her, but, but almost. And, you know, it, one of the things that I find is it's like, sometimes when we just continue to engage from the experience of what we know, so, you know, we are acknowledging our emotions or our feelings, and, you know, we, we can identify that we have like let's say in our relationship, we have this certain dynamic that keeps going on in this relationship. And a lot of times if we're not getting along with somebody or there's some disharmony or, or, you know, we're arguing with people, we think that one, we tend to think that the issue's theirs. <laughs> Rarely do we step back and see what am I doing to kind of, right. Dynamic, right. <laughs> yep. And then, and then, you know, I always say to people like, well, is that just with that one person or, do you move into that pattern with, with multiple people? And if you're moving into it with multiple people, you know, it's, it's deeper than just the dynamic between you and someone else. It's the dynamic of what are you doing yourself to create a pattern and what, what's the energy you're coming from? And we feel victimized a lot of the time. I feel like when we go into like these negative spaces in our relationships, like we feel like we're the victim and something's being done to us. But I don't think that's often the case. Like, so I want you, I don't know, Marge, if you would share your I'd be, I'd be happy to talk about that. And I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind backing up just a second because there may be some callers, some people listening to this who don't really know about our energy fields at all. And let me just give you a little quick introduction because we have many energy fields. We know from Chinese medicine, decades of Chinese medicine, that there are meridians and acupuncturists use acupoints on these meridians and these meridians have special relationships with the organs and glands and even muscles in the body and then we have energy energy um, centers called chakras and many of you have probably heard of chakras and these the chakras work with the meridians and they work with each other and the physical body in special ways and then we also have fields on the outside of our body kind of many layers on the outside of our body in the shape of an egg. And I refer to these as light bodies, but other people might call them something different, but they all have relationships with each other. 
And so when it comes to relationships, if we have, um, if we have a particular challenge with a relationship, then we might need to look at, I would look at second chakra energy, which, which is about the ability to have fun. If we're not having fun in our relationships, we're not enjoying our relationships. Well, the question of course is why? I might have a lot of suppressed or built up emotions that haven't been expressed. And so there's, I've shut down a bit. I may not have clear boundaries when it comes to relationships. And so I start to feel used or I start to feel like I'm giving all my power away in that relationship because I haven't put in place some clear boundaries. And all of those lessons are really, um, we can look through that window of second chakra energy or sacral chakra energy to see the many lessons of that chakra and help us relate to the relationship issues that we're facing specifically. Does that help, Erica? No, I think it's, you know, I think it's great. And so for our listeners, if, it, you know, when you're, when you're looking at relationships, if you start to understand the energy dynamics, like, for instance, Marge mentioned sacral chakra. So you step back and you look at, okay, well, let me analyze from a higher level perspective what my patterns are or what I might be lacking within myself or what am I lacking in my relationships? What do I need in my relationships? And am I getting that? It, I, I feel like it really helps you then start to step back a little bit. And instead of focusing so much on the other person, it helps us focus on ourselves. And, you know, that's really important because change in the outside world comes from change in the inner world. And so until we're clear about us, it's hard to be clear about anyone else. I feel it- like. It's really true. And, and what happens to us so much of the time is that we end up moving into fear deep down. We may not recognize that fear, but if we quiet ourselves and allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough with, with ourselves, we can look and see, is there fear running? Am I afraid um, that this person doesn't like me anymore? Am I afraid that, you know, there's always a fear um, involved. And so that can kick in a lot of um, survival responses in the body because we do have, we are built for survival. We are built for physical survival. We are built for emotional survival. We have the neurology that, that proves that in our brain stem and in our, you know, in our limbic system of our brain. And so um, we are built for survival. So a lot of these fears and um, the fear of vulnerability, whatever it is, can kick in some very old um, survival patterns that can create a feeling of being very stuck or confused and not be able to move past what the problem is. Since we're talking about relationships and perception within our relationships, what do you think or how do you think people can begin to step back and maybe recognize how these uh, perceptions are running in their energy field and how can they, how can they begin to change them? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think we need to begin by looking at our own beliefs. Uh, What is our belief about how I'm operating or how this other person is operating in the relationship? What are the beliefs that are generating the thoughts that are generating the emotions? And, um, if we, so there's two factors. There's our beliefs and our thoughts because our thoughts can create the emotional experience. And so if our thinking isn't accurate because we haven't checked it out with the other person, for example, then that can create emotions that make us feel really bad in the relationship and it's not getting resolved. The other thing that can prevent us from really connecting with somebody is 
having a lot of thoughts that are judgmental and critical. And that's not just judgmental and critical of the other person, but also of self. And again, those kind, that, those kind of thoughts really do lower our energy and they really keep us stuck in a place that doesn't allow us to open up our perceptions and ideas about how to resolve the conflict in the relationship. Yeah, you know, I want to talk just a, a minute about the reticular activating system, which is this um, bundle really of nerves, a portion of our brain that is a filtration system. And this filtration system, since we're talking about perceptions, really uh, tunes out the data or the sensory input that comes into our nervous system and our neurology in order to help us be most efficient. And when we have a certain perception or belief system about how a relationship is or how things go. So for instance, if you have a belief that, you know, all men are this way or all women are this way or, or marriage looks like this or whatever it may be, then that actually creates a filtration process in your RAS, reticular activating system, which allows you to see it that way. And I think one of the things about energy medicine is it allows you to get deeper into the truth behind the patterns and the belief systems and the emotions and your own experiences that created that filtration system in the first place. And often if you're not willing to um, go, go into that and explore that, it's really hard to change that filtration system. You know, um, Marge, a lot of people do things like affirmations or they're doing intention or conscious thinking and energy certainly follows intention, but sometimes it's not enough just to, affirm differently or, or consciously try to think differently to, to filter differently if the energy systems are still holding that old energy or that old pattern. Don't you agree? I do agree. I do agree. And, um, the, and again, um, these processes, energetic, neurological, physical processes really do, we're, we're like a, we're like a, an extensive uh, file of experiences. And that file, we have many files, and they come from our whole, our whole life. So, you know, we're so sensory driven, and all of these senses feeding in through our sight and our hearing and our taste and our touch, all of them feed into our subconscious brain. And we've done that for years, many of us. And so that links into various experiences that create this challenge with these filters that Erica is talking about and kind of create these, these loops in our physical functioning that keep us stuck. So it really is powerful to have an avenue that goes beyond um, looking at those physical processes and gets us into the energetic movement of things. And that can open, that can open doors for us that really I've been so impressed to find is so effective. So we've talked a little bit about relationships. I want to switch over here to money finances and the perceptions we may have about what that looks like in our life. Um, certainly we we filter uh, our perceptions about money as well. I you know, say to my students a lot when I'm teaching my courses, it's like two people could drive down the exact same street and they could see two completely different things. One could see abundance everywhere and, and beauty and just you know the wonder of the world. And the other person could see 
you know, just poverty and, and scarcity and it just, it's ugly and, you know, they, they just hate it. And it could be the exact same road that they're drive down every day. And that's part of that filtration process. And, you know, there's some other things that go on behind there. So Martin, we're talking about money or finances because that's something that we can all relate to and something that a lot of people struggle with. How do you think working in the energy fields or with energy medicine, or maybe even how have you seen that start to change the dynamics of money in people's lives? How has that benefited them? Yeah, so we're talking about, Erica, as you know, the top two, two of the top stresses that people experience in their lives, (laughs) relationships and money. Uh, Money is definitely a lesson of the... it's really involved in the first chakra and the first chakra energy, which is the root chakra. That is about when we first come into this world, our root chakra energy is really, really where we're working because it's about feeling safe and secure in the world. And if I have my first experience in this life, feeling safe and secure in, in my family unit, then that's a great launch for our life, right? And so first chakra is about tribe and our family. Uh, it's safety, security. If I don't feel safe and secure in the world, then my adrenals are going to be kicking in more than maybe somebody who does feel safe in the, safe in the world. And I'm going to see the world in a bit of a negative way opposed to somebody who feels safe in the world. The other thing that can happen here is that when we don't feel safe in the world, we might interpret everything as having more power than we actually do. So that's a victim energy. If I am perceiving everything in the world as having more power and I don't have any power, then how can I create abundantly? I can't because I don't have any power to create abundantly. So the lessons of the first chakra are definitely about how do I support myself in feeling safe in the world and so that I can begin to calm down and move out of my fear again. Here we are with fear again, move out of my fear and start to see things in a more positive light. Therefore hum along in a higher frequency and vibration. Therefore um, be more creative and attract more creative uh, endeavors that I, I want. You know, I think to, to add to the, you know, the filtration piece we were talking about as well, it's really hard to solve a problem from the problem's viewpoint, right? Which is, is somewhat what you're speaking to. It's like when you're in that stress of survival, which we get into with finances, because it's so indicative of everything else we we perceive we can do in, in the world. It's important to step back, I believe, to step back and just give ourselves some time to move into a higher level energy. And that is moving up into, uh, if we're looking at a chakra perspective, looking up and to the higher chakras or from a higher self perspective, you know, and I I just want to give our listeners maybe three things that they can uh, think about and maybe implement so that they can start to shift some of their energy awareness Uh, as they move through these processes. So, you know, I think one thing that's super important is just getting an observer's viewpoint and that I like meditation. I think meditation is great, but there's some other options to the traditional, like sit down and just, you know, meditate, close your eyes, clear your mind, meditate. What do you have other ideas about 
what people can do if they feel like meditation doesn't work for them, but they need to just quiet their mind and kind of like get a clearer perspective. I do. You know, men, uh, meditation is great. I agree with you completely, Erica. Some people, you know, for most of us, we are so in our mental body, we're in our head, we're in our thoughts. And we, we can be that way so much so that we're pretty disconnected from our body. So one of the first steps that I like to teach people is you need to drop down into your body. And what that means is scan your body for information. And what that means is start at the top of your head and just kind of go down your body and say, what, what am I noticing? Is there tension? Can I relate a color or a texture to an area of my body? What do I feel? And where do I feel it in my body? Just simply transitioning from the mental body to the more physical begins to give us that information. How about you, Erica? Do you have anything other than that? Yeah, you know, I think back to when I was uh, taking my, you know, courses for my psychology training in college. And, you know, one of the tips that a lot of psychologists give to people, especially when you've been in an argument or an altercation with somebody is to go take a walk, right? Or to go go count to 10 or to go take a walk. And for a lot of people that works effectively. And I think one of the reasons it is, is when we start moving our physical body, we get out of that mental energy, just like you said, you know, and there's a reason why when we put that distance between ourselves and the situation, we often can then come back and start to think more clearly about the situation. One of the reasons is, is because we're in that deeper, you know, survival mode. So, you know, I tell people like, listen, whatever works for you to get your mind clear, it might be exercising, going for a walk. It might be, you know, just like choosing to let it go for a moment, um, go do something creative or fun. But I think there's a lot of options other than just the traditional meditation. I think it all has the same concept. Meditation is really just quieting the mind. I agree. And, you know, you know, for me personally, just getting out in nature, because when I'm in nature, I love nature. And when I'm in nature, I feel more connected to something greater than myself. It makes, it makes my problems sometimes seem a lot smaller because I'm connecting with something greater than myself. So I love getting out in nature and I love your idea. I love the walking. I love movement because when we move into a great deal of stress, we, what happens in our brain is it, we, it changes how it fires. And so we do lose access. We lose whole brain access. And that's why we can't think straight when we're in a level of stress. And so walking and movement is, is an activity that actually helps support our brain in getting back to whole brain, whole brain function. Yeah. And the nature thing is huge too. There's a whole uh, slew of studies on how being in nature is beneficial for us. We'll save that for another podcast. But the second <laughs> thing that, uh, you know, I really encourage our listeners to do is ask yourself important questions. So like some of the things that we talked about today, you know, maybe step back and, and ask yourself, what about this situation is making me feel angry? Or what about this situation is making me go into fear? And that kind of puts you back into you looking at yourself versus, you know, the external situation. I think that's important. And then, you know, also just asking yourself, when in, when in my past have I experienced this before? What were some of the factors? What does it look like? Can I recall that? Because that's often really good information about where perceptions were, you know, began or where they're rooted. And sometimes that can really help us at least start to understand so that we can move through you know, the energy and change the energy of that. 
That's really great, Erica, because where that takes us when we ask those kind of questions is it helps us to begin to see patterns. And when we can see patterns in our life, patterns, challenge patterns, you might call them. So if I see patterns of relationship in relationships where I'm always moving in to feeling powerless in relationships, for example, then that's that's a pattern. And that's a real red flag to, man, I've got some work to do here. Why am I always, like you're saying, Erica, why am I always going into fear? What am I really afraid of here? How old is this? And you can even do a timeline. You know, if I have, if I see a pattern of losing power in relationships, I can say, okay, where did just this recent relationship, I saw myself losing power. Where have I lost power in relationships going back in age? It's really useful to create a timeline. And I think the third thing is that I'm going to recommend today is getting really clear about what it is that you want to experience. And when I say clear, you know, I've, I've had clients before, I think it's super cute, but they'll come to me with a list of like, let's say they're looking for a new relationship and it'll be like, you know, five foot 11 and three quarters, this color hair at this length wears, you know, this shirt. I mean, it's like so, so, so specific. And I think getting specific is, is good. But when I say getting clear, I really mean clear about the bigger things that are important to us. So, you know, energy follows intention and getting really clear about, well, what's most important to me? What are the priorities? What do I want to experience maybe with my money? You know, what do I want to experience with my physical health? What do I want to experience um, when I come home and I'm in my family environment after a long day at work? It's getting clear about that and getting to know yourself better. I, th- I feel like Marge, and you probably see this quite a bit too. I feel like a lot of us operate from the space of, we feel like we have to constantly change to, to get what we want. And what I mean by change, it's almost like we're not being authentic, right? It's not like we're in our authentic power. And I think where we attract most energetically, the things in our life that just feel good to us is when we get really familiar with who we are, And we get comfortable with that. And then instead of thinking that we always have to change for someone else or something else, maybe we say, well, this is who I am and this is what I want to experience. And therefore, I'm going to now attract things to me that resonate with that vibrational frequency. And that I feel like often puts us back in power. And somehow then the universe just kind of answers the needs that we already have. We don't even always have to speak those. Yes, because what you're talking about now is the law of attraction right? So what do I want to attract? And what will I feel like as I attract that? Well, how do I feel? We are such, we are, we are thinking, feeling beings, that's for sure. And we, you can look at our energy as a finite bank. It's like a finite energy bank and we make deposits and we make withdrawals. So what withdrawals, and you can think of withdrawals in terms of what I eat, if I move, um, how I, what my thoughts are, um, how, so all of those things are with, can, can be withdrawals or deposits in our energy bank. And just going into observation, as we mentioned earlier, about is this a withdrawal, does this feel like a withdrawal to me or is this a deposit? Because when we want to attract what we want in our life, we want to, we want to stay in that vibration of love and joy and happiness and that's when we attract. So if I'm always thinking thoughts that are taking me down and spiral, spiraling me down, then that's going to deplete my energy fields and it's going to make it harder to, to attract what we want. 
Absolutely. And I think part of that, you know, that third tip of advice or that third piece is then once you start to get clear about what it is that you really want to experience in these areas of your life, it's about asking questions again, you know, really analyzing, am I living in the vibrational frequency that's going to match what it is that I want to experience? So for instance, with money, you know, if if you have a goal of financial freedom, which is kind of a abstract goal anyway, but if you have this goal of, you know, I, I want to be able to have all my debt paid off and I want to be able to have money easily flowing in and I want to have, you know, flexibility in how I spend my time and how I move about financially, but you continue to put yourself in debt, you know, you keep opening up credit cards and you keep, you know, overextending yourself and you're not willing to step back and maybe align vibrationally with the things that will move you towards financial freedom then you're always going to be stuck. And again, we get back into that sometimes feeling of victimization of like, well, why is this happening to me? But we're not having a clear perception about what it is that we're doing to create the problem in the first place. You know, and not to say that there's not sometimes random things that occur in our life. And sometimes, Marge, you and I talk about this all the time. Sometimes working with the energy field and working with our own energy is learning how to master how we deal with the problems in our life versus not having any problems at all. Cause you're all, I mean, life, you're always going to have problems, right? You're always, gonna that's have right. That's right. And so it's how quickly can I come back to a really balanced, happy, joyful place? And what is it going to take for me to do that? And everything you're talking about is, is self-awareness. And one of the principles of energy medicine is self-responsibility. So knowing that we we do create the life we have. We create the thoughts we have. We create the beliefs we have. We create the life we have. If I assume total responsibility for that fact, then as Erica is saying, I'm going to ask myself, I'm going to analyze, I'm going to understand not only what am I creating in terms of my beliefs, my thoughts, but what action is supporting what I'm trying to create. And that's really what you're saying, Erica. Any last tips for our listeners today on energy medicine and how they can use it to help change their perceptions? I, I would first highly recommend that people get out of their mental body. So really just shifting out of, just know that we live in our mental body so much. And when we can shift out of that and either through meditation or movement and just pay attention to your whole body and outside of your body and just start to notice, just start to notice how that, what information is there and be open to that information. To me, that's the beginning step. I I love that. I love it. So if you've enjoyed our program today, we ask you to go to our Facebook page journey through spirit. Uh, You can find us there. You can like us and follow us. And then you can get all the updates on these great programs that we do um, and all of the other things that we're offering. You can learn more about that. Share with your friends. um, Share us. Put us out there. We would love to hear from you. So please feel free to go to Journey Through Spirit Facebook page and leave a comment for us. Ask some questions. We would love to have you as a guest on our show. And I think that's it. I think that's it. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Okay. <laughs>